0: Good morning and welcome to the very first episode of UVU Today. I'm Ethan.
1: And I'm Kennedy. Today is Tuesday, February 2nd, and it's a great day to be a Wolverine.
0: So to be honest, I don't think I could point out a Wolverine in real life if I saw one. (laughs) Like I know we have like a statue of something that I think is supposed to be a Wolverine. And I know the X-Men Wolverine, but I don't know (laughs) what that is. Like I'm picturing like an angry badger, maybe with claws.
1: That's what I think too. So I think I think we're all on the same boat.
0: <laughs> but maybe we could have like a petting zoo at school one day and figure you know, it out. meet our mascot. <laughs> anyways, I love it on our show today, I interview Kayla G, our finance specialist.
1: Then Ethan and I interview student body President Danielle Corbett. Enjoy.
0: Joining us now is Kayla Greer from the Money Management Center here at UVU. So first off, will you tell us a little bit about the Money Management Center and what um, you guys offer to students?
1: Yeah, um, I'd love to. So um, the Money Management Resource Center here on campus, when things aren't crazy and buildings aren't being built in the business center, it's located down by the food court over by um, like J-Dog's. That's where we're located and things that we offer, um, the students, we, we talk about budgets, how to manage your money, student loans, kind of what that entails, um, credit, credit scores, how to improve your credit, that sort of thing. So it's basics about building, um, a strong financial foundation and this, the financial coaches there were all students. Um, and most of us are part of the, um, the personal financial planning degree. And so we do this all volunteer and we just meet with students for free and you can come as many times as you'd like and it's free to community members, students, faculty and staff. So it's a free resource for everybody. And um, we love we love what we do. This is what we want to do for our future so we're super excited to uh, be able to to meet with anybody and then also be a part of this opportunity with the with the podcast team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to pivot now a little bit and talk about a very trending topic in the finance universe, which is GameStop. So, first, we want to understand the basis of why this is such a big deal, especially with um, short selling and short squeezing and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So, in order, this it's definitely fundamental in order to understand what's going on with the stock market right now with um, GameStop. Dot to understand uh, those two those two principles: short squeezing and short selling. So, first, um, you have short selling. So, you have You have a lot of um, hedge funds as well as maybe just individuals who um, take a little gamble on the market. So what short selling is, is when an individual goes to a broker or an investor and borrows a fund or borrows a stock. So rather than buying a stock, you borrow it and you sell it immediately. And you're betting on the market that that stock price will decrease in value so that you can buy it back at a lower value and then give it back to the investor or broker that you borrowed it from and you've made a little bit of money. So for example, if you buy a stock um, that's worth you know $100 and then you sell it immediately. And then wait a little bit. Um, generally you don't wait more than about 10 days because you have uh, the chance of the stock price going up. So you buy this you buy the stock when it's when it's low and the price has dropped. So for example, if you buy if you borrow at $100, sell it at $100 and then buy it back at about 50 Dollars, then you give that stock now that's worth $50 back to the investor and you've made $50. So that's short selling. It's gambling that the stock will decrease in value and you can make a profit. Um, now short squeezing is the opposite effect. So it's when you borrow the stock and then you anticipate the stock value going down when in reality actually increases. And so at some point you're forced to buy back that um, you're forced to buy back that stock and you've now lost money. Now, the risk with this is that um, if you short sell, your margin is limited. Um, so if you buy that $100 stock, you have the chance of making $100. Where the opposite is true for um, short squeezing. You have an unlimited amount. So the stock can increase $2,000, $2, 000, $2 million, and all of a sudden you're out all that money. and You still have to buy that back that stock because you've borrowed it. It's not yours. you can give it back to the investor and so this is that's the basis for understanding everything that's going on in the stock market with the gamestop Mm -hmm.
0: stock. and so um as most people are probably aware it it looks like a bunch of redditors were tracking companies that are being uh short sold i guess and that includes gamestop amc nokia even like blockbuster which is out of business (laughs) Yeah, strange but um, they were heavily shorted stocks. And so enough people got together that bought those stocks and just shot that shot those stocks way, way up, like three, four hundred percent. Yeah. And so now these hedge funds have had to basically buy are forced to buy those stocks in mm-hmm. order to return them and have lost uh upwards of maybe three Billions. billion dollars. Yeah.
1: Billions of dollars. Yeah. So um, that's yeah, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Should we should we feel bad for the hedge funds?
1: Um that is, that's it. Okay. That's an interesting question because this, I mean, it is their livelihood. So like one could argue that um, like that seems they're running out of business. And what I've read is that some of those hedge funds are now forced into bankruptcy and they're declaring bankruptcy now. Um, and the last thing that I read on it was that, I mean, they've lost upwards of like $13.1 billion. Wow. So it's a huge business that's now um, going bankrupt. And so you, one could argue like, yeah, this is their livelihood. That This is illegal. Where on the opposite end is true, Um, these hedge fund managers or companies have been going into the stock market and playing this game, you know, and they're making billions of dollars. So there's this, um, she's part of, her name's Alexandria Cortez, and she's part of the committee, a financial committee um, for the government. And she said that these, um, you know, these stock marketers are, you know, frustrating. They're, They're exclaiming that it's illegal when in reality they're playing the same they're playing the same game and they just were played this time rather than winning. Mm -hmm. And so it is, it is, it is a gamble and being in the stock market is a high risk, especially when you're, when your livelihood is so associated with that. Um, So I don't know. I mean, it's up to, I mean, it's up to your opinion, but I think, I think, I mean, they played the game and most of the time they win. um, But if, you know, you take you're betting on, if you're betting on Vegas, you know, for your livelihood, Mm -hmm. sometimes you're not going to win that. So I would say that, I mean, it's up, I mean, it's, It's part of the risk. It's part of the game, you know? So,
0: Absolutely. Um, I'm interested to see... I I really think this is like a big cultural moment. Like, I think things are going to move forward in a very interesting way um, culturally. So do do you think that too?
1: Yeah, I think... um, Well, especially because a lot of this is involved with like the simple platforms like Robinhood, E-Trade, Acorn. Those are the simple platforms that people have used that are starting out to trade. And so I think it's a lot more there's a lot more awareness now. If there wasn't already with these these new platforms, there is now because now it's now it's no longer the financial world that's involved. It's, you know, it's social media. Yeah. People, part of the social media. And that I mean when when social media catches something, I mean it takes it takes it by storm. So I think that it could change the culture of trading and buying, um, being a lot more aware of the stock market. I think it especially for like young college students or just graduated heading into the, their careers, I think it'd be something that you're more aware of it now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Robinhood, and I think that's going to be another interesting piece of this ongoing conversation is that um, I saw at one point last week like 60% of Robinhood users had GameStop stock to some degree. Really? And, but they also last week um, closed <laughs> GameStop from being available to buy. Um, you could sell your positions if you had them. So they're now, you know, that caused a huge outrage. They're getting looked into by the SEC. So we'll see the future of Robin Hood as the uh I think the favorite right now of investors, uh, especially like Gen Z are getting involved. So
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, ironically, so I I mean I'm on Robin Hood. Um honestly it was just more of like right at the beginning of COVID when everything started to shut down. Like spring break is kind of when all of this happened. I um, I had a friend who was just like, "Hey, join uh, Robinhood." And I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" So I got a free stock, and I got a GMC stock. So I I have a GameStop stock stock, and I never sold it, but it's like it's gone up so much. And I think it's estimated that between the time that this is started to now, I mean, this stock has increased two hundred or two thousand three hundred percent. Like it's increased so much. So I think you're right. Like this, it's an easy platform to. Sell and trade. Although um, there has been a little bit of controversy because normally in the stock market, when you place a when you buy a stock, the moment you buy it, the moment you buy in, that's the the price that you buy it in at. Whereas Robinhood, it's more um, you place it, you place the order basically, and then it um, places the trade when they get around to it, or places the the buy when you get around to it. So that's something interesting too that's gone along with this because. If you're buying the stock at one price, but then it increases, then you're actually buying it at that price. That's that's something interesting to also take into consideration when <laughs> using um, when using Robinhood.
0: Yeah, well, we'll we'll definitely try our best to stay up to date with what's going on. But uh, thank you for joining us, Kayla. And we'll just uh, add a little caveat that um, this is not to be taken as financial advice. We're not saying go spend your school savings on a GameStop. <laughs> definitely. Good for you if you do, but <laughs> don't do it because you thought we told you to.
1: Yeah, definitely like I mean as because we are financial coaches, we don't have any credentials in being financial planners or financial counselors or, um and so we're we're just students that have a passion for finance. And so everything we do is just more of a suggestion maybe and more of like these are some of the guidelines. So definitely don't take all of this as advice. This is more of I've done a little bit of research. We're talking about it. So just something interesting to consider and look into maybe more on your end.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Kayla.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Next, our interview with Danielle. All right. We have Danielle here with us, our student body president here at UVU. How are you, Danielle?
2: I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, virtually, of course. So first, we want to know a little bit about the student body government itself. What does it look like? What are its functions? What do you guys do?
2: Yeah, so essentially the organization, um, as far as like a little... Top down, So we start with President Taminez and reporting to President Taminez is Vice President Kyle Reyes, who is over student affairs. He has lots of different AVPs, which is associate vice presidents, um, and they're under him. And we fall under Alexis Palmer, the dean of students and student life. And from Alexis, we go to Marisa, and then Marisa is my boss. So Marisa and Sam Samuel Josie, who's the manager of Student Government, they kind of oversee what I'm doing and the initiatives that I, as the Student Body President, would like to push for the year. Um, but then I also oversee three vice presidents. So the Executive Vice President the vice president of academics and the vice president of student activities. And they comprise our executive council on student government. And along with our chief of staff, who's my assistant, she's also on executive council, but she doesn't have to like run for a position. I just appointed her. Um, We kind of, I would say, make all like final decisions on um, how council will vote on policies, student fees and whatnot but under each VP is like a branch. One of, I would say, the most out there branches being activities. She has different activities chairs for different events. So like entertainment chair who plans insomnia. Sadly, that was not a thing this year. Um, Mardi Gras, yeah, his job, his job is not the best this year. He's had to do some adapting. Um, and there's other people that plan like family events. And then under our VP of academics, There's a senator for each school um, so that we're being represented all across the board on academics. I'm in the School of the Arts and my senator is actually my roommate. Her bed is right here and she's the best. We love Annie Peterson. And then under our executive vice president, he handles inclusion and publicity. So we kind of like to talk about his position as being like inward, but also outward relations because he's in charge of like planning fun social events on council and making sure that we're functioning well as a team. But he's also in charge of getting the word out on what council is and what we do. Um, and then under myself, like I said, is my chief of staff, those VPs, and then the chief justice. He was recently moved under my my wing. Um, and he's in charge of planning civic engagement. So he is going to play a big role in student elections coming up, um, as well as My Voice Matters Week, all those flags that were in the courtyard were his and he organized that. So that's pretty much the organization of it. Um, And essentially what we do is we're just the student voice in every different aspect you could think of. Like I sit on a lot of administrative meetings. um, So does everyone in exec. So I would say exec is mainly like the voice to admin and student council is more of an outreach They outreach to other students and then are able to bring those thoughts and opinions and feedback back to the group where then exec can kind of push that back up. So it's kind of confusing, but like not really. I'm just bad at explaining it. So I apologize. No, that was great. That
1: was great. You sound like you're pretty busy. Tell us a little bit about about like your day to day activities as the student body president.
2: Yes. Um, Well, today, if you're like me, you start by waking up late for your meetings and you quick drive to your office and you have to get ready in your office because you don't have time to get ready at home. Um, That doesn't happen all the time, I promise. But with virtual meetings, it has been a lot more relaxed. Normally on Thursdays, I'd say that's the busiest day. So I'll wake up, I'll go to President's Council at 10 a.m. And that's with President Tamina's her VP's the president of faculty Senate, and then the president of PACE, which is like the staff association. Um, and we discuss anything from like policies to litigation and like lawsuits, um, student communication. So like emails, when COVID first started, that was a big thing was handling, like, how are we going to communicate testing to students and all of that? So that's kind of what goes on in that meeting. And then from there, I usually have a two hour block where I have just open office hours. If people want to schedule meetings with me on zoom, um, walk in my office, my door is literally always open. There's a Keurig. So everyone should come visit because there is coffee and hot chocolate and snacks. Um, and then from there I go to council meeting. So everyone has council hours from one to three. So there's tons of council members kind of just waltzing around but at usually 1 or one thirty is when we have our council meeting which is with full council um today we had council meeting and we talked about student fees specifically the athletic student fee and just some insight that we needed there and then um christina Baum, who works with digital transformation was able to come and talk about a mobile app that they're hoping to release within the next couple of years which by the way is so freaking cool. I'm gonna be sad because I'll probably have graduated by the time they release it. Um we had Cara O'Sullivan from the policy office who came and talked about um policy 101, which essentially just guides how all other policies are written. And then once that's all done, we wrap up council meeting with a song. None of us are good singers, but we sing the fight song. Um, and it's really great because now that we're half on zoom and half of us are in the chambers, there's like this really great lag where like we're singing and then you just, it's great. I love it.
0: Singing it around. I like that. So what was your experience running for student body president?
2: Yeah. So my experience was a little bit different and I would say that that's partly because of COVID obviously. And it was kind of elections were right when COVID was starting to kind of worry Um, administrators and the state on what we were going to do and how we would respond. So I ended up running unopposed, which is pretty rare, especially at UVU. There's usually at least, I would say, three people running for student body president. Um, And I think just because the nature of everything that was happening, I'm sure that a lot of people probably just thought, you know, I'm not interested. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it when it's a fun year. Um, so I tried my best to do like some on-campus campaigning, but there were a ton of students on campus. So I primarily did my campaigning online and like social media. It was so much fun. I'm a design major. So I loved like designing all the posters. I wish I had flyers with me cause I have like a big stack of them left over. But since I found out I was running unopposed, I was like, I'm just going to use this. Like rather than really trying to get my name out there or push some like agenda. I'm just going to like use this to just make people happy. Like, I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen the, um, game. We're not really strangers. It's like a card game, but they have social media accounts where they just like post like cute quotes all day. And they're kind of like thought provoking or inspirational. So each of my posters had a different quote on it. The main one said, um, you belong here. Cause that was mainly what I wanted to focus on, but it was fun. Just Meeting a bunch of different students that I hadn't met and being able to collaborate with people online as well, which is something that now I'm used to, but at the time I was definitely not. That's awesome. That's so cool that you're a design major. Yeah. Um, what are
1: some of your accomplishments from this last semester as being the student body president that you're proud of or things that have been interesting with COVID, especially right now?
2: Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm just proud that I'm still hanging on. <laughs> like, um It's been great. This one is like a little bit weird, but normally every year on council, there's pretty, I wouldn't say big turnover, but usually there's, I would say two to five council members that either they, maybe they don't make grades or they just decide like, this isn't for me. Um, and I'm going to try out something else or take the semester off. And we didn't have any turnover, which, which means we're doing something right. Because that means my council must like me don't ask them, but I'm sure they do. Um, So I was kind of proud of that. I know that's more like an internal affairs thing. As far as external, um, we got approval for four more sharps containers on campus, which I was really excited about. Um, It's a project that started with Mark Reynolds and then Taylor Bell picked it up. But everyone just kind of, I don't want to say they dropped the ball because they were probably focused on so many different things, but I was just eager to finish it up. So we got it figured out. So now there's gonna be five sharps containers on campus for students that need that resource. And before there was only one in student health services. And then for this next semester, I'm really hoping that we can figure out a way to get free um, menstrual products on campus in all of the women's restrooms and the non-gendered bathrooms. So if that gets done, that'll be what I'm most proud of, but fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's a a very uh, helpful and noble goal to work towards. So um, I think in some students' mind, there's this idea that people that run for student government or kind of want these elected positions are using it more to enrich themselves and kind of grow their opportunities rather than to serve the student body. Um, What's your thought on that? And what would you you say to someone who feels that?
2: Um, First of all, I think that that's a completely reasonable concern. I know that just being a student, my freshman and sophomore year and watching elections happen. And I was pretty involved. I was in the ambassador program and service council. So like, I kind of knew the candidates more that way, but sometimes I think it's hard to connect with people in that way because you almost feel like they're like trying to shove something down your throat of like, just vote for me. Um, So I completely validate that concern, first of all. And sadly i think every now and again there are candidates that that is why they're running is for the resume builder or um because they assume that it's maybe a simple job and they just kind of wanted to do it for like a popularity or clout um but like what i would say to those students is to look for candidates that you can tell do care there's a lot of one like people that are going to be genuine. And they're going to know their platform and they're going to know what they want to change. And most of all, I think they're going to be willing to listen because sometimes what a candidate thinks students want is not at all what they want or is needed. Um, So it's a valid concern, but I would say it comes down to character and really trying to educate yourself on who the candidates are. And that leads in perfectly
1: with the fact that we're coming up on elections, and you mentioned to have students look for people who these in these candidates that are caring, um, and that love Uvu. Is there anything else that you would mention to students as they prepare to vote for the next
2: student body president and the council? Yeah. Um. As far as student body president, I've found that something that is, I guess, this has been more so important to me, but I think a lot of students have resonated with the work that we've been doing on council is just um, building an inclusive mindset and finding a candidate that is willing to hear everyone's opinions regardless of um, race or gender or sexual orientation. Um, And so I think that that's something that's important to look out for is who, who do you think is going to fight for all students and not just the atypical uh, 18 year old full ride, you know what I mean? Like, who's really going to fight for all the different identities that we have at UVU? Because UVU, I mean, compared to the nation, not super diverse. Compared to other schools in the state, very, very diverse. Um, so I would say that's important. And kind of like I mentioned before, just someone that's genuine. Like, I feel like most people are good at reading others. And if they can see um, that someone's being fake with them or condescending, that's not someone that you should be voting for. You should be voting for someone that is like friendly and outgoing um and just I don't know, is just a good human being. I know that's so general, but but it's so true. And I would say look less for like popularity. I know a lot of people are like I'm going to vote for this person cuz they have a lot of Instagram followers or my friends know them and they seem cool but like i would really encourage people like message the candidates on social media email them actually try to get to know them on a personal level and that will be a lot more beneficial in the long run
0: awesome well we super appreciate you coming on and sharing um, your wisdom and you know everything that you've given us so uh like we said elections are upcoming so keep an eye out for who's running for the different positions that we have and thank you danielle
2: no problem thank you guys
0: that's all for today, folks. Be sure and watch for our next episode this Friday.
1: Check out uvu.edu slash events to see what's going on this week at the school and tell your friends
0: about the show. Follow us on Instagram at today, and leave us a review wherever you're listening.
1: Thanks for listening.